we got a couple good topics today. Actually, we're going we're gonna to try to get to at least three of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's, a, here's the first one. Um, how do you guys feel about being the only black person in a certain environment? How does it make y'all feel? Like you walk into a room of, we're going to say, 100,000 or... You know what I'm saying? A hundred thousand people you. in it? I'm saying a hundred or a thousand, and it's just okay. you. We're going to let uh, Mr. Taylor start this off. Go ahead, Mr. Diversity. Oh, I got I to gotta start it off. Yeah. <laughs> Diversity <laughs> inclusion Mr. in Wells the building. Let's hear it. No, you feel Stop it. it. So, I think, you know, being the only, right? And I think this is the reason why we started this podcast is because we are usually, and it's even in our value proposition, you know, usually we're the only black male representation in any whether it be in corporate environments and even sometimes in social environments. And I think um, there is always this, um, you can sometimes call it a pressure or a standard or I don't know what else to call it, but I think there's always a standard. You know, whenever you are the only black person um, or a person of color uh, representing in, you know, your office you work not on if you don't work in an office maybe you work in a garage or a warehouse or wherever you do right you're the only there so you know I think there's always that expectation of showing up right and and ensuring that hey man with black folks hey man we we got to represent we got to make sure that we are you know living up to the standard because I remember this quote or well, not a quote <laughs> but I quote Chris Rock on this where he was talking about it when in stand-ups he said whatever a white, a white man walks to a black man gotta fly fly to right and I think that's sometimes always being the only and how that makes you feel is that that pressure of having to make sure and be validated in everything that you do right so because you are a black person in the office you're working well he he must he must be doing something really special or something different (laughs) what did he do to get here and I think that that affirmative action yeah (laughs) 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 which I have no problem with right uh, but I think, you know, just being the only person, you know, there's pressure, there's loneliness in it as well. Mm-hmm. I can remember working at a place where um, I'll give, I always give this example, even in my trainings is <laughs> at a 40 and under club. Right. And the lady was uh, one of the ladies approached me. She was an admin and she was like, Martel, why aren't you a part of the, the 40 and under club? They go to lunch all the time. <laughs> I had no clue there was a 40 and under club, right? Like At this time, I'm 20-something, and I'm like, well, damn, you know? I didn't quite approach it. I didn't approach the people of the group. I just kind of sat back and just kind of watched, right? And I remember being down on the first floor and seeing them all going to lunch together. And I was just like, hmm, in the back of my mind, or at the front of my mind, I'm like, a little too dark for that group. <laughs> and I end up making that same statement, making saying, hey, I'm a little too dark for that group. I made that statement to um, to a friend of mine or another coworker at the time, and she was shocked by it. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> did you see this group? Like, they're not inviting anybody because right. at least in on the office that I worked in, which was in civil rights, black professionals, young black professionals that were under 20, that were under 40, that were working there that all didn't have an invite to this thing. So I think right. even being the only in that in that instance, you got to understand it's a standard, it's a way of life. <laughs> and in a, and in another breath, it's it's that pressure. It's that damn, you know what I mean? Like I got to still perform even though I'm not going to be invited. Now did it crush me now? But at the same time, it definitely let me know no matter what, even if I'm the only one in my office 
or if I have other people that are in my office, there's still that lack of acceptance all the way around. So I'll stop rambling and talking. I'll let everybody yeah, else to it. But, yeah. I, I think for me, unfortunately, um, I've gotten used to it. And that's kind of sad to say, um, you know, that the expectation is to possibly be the only one, you know, in your workplace or particular event. <clears throat> I'll give an example. I was in the political environment <clears throat> and it was probably, I want to say three of us in a room full of a hundred people. And, you know, for some reason we all congregated at the bar, all three of us. And one of us mentioned, we better get a basketball or somebody's gonna start thinking crazy about what's going on here. Which tells me that everybody, all of us recognized that we were the onlys in our workplaces and we happened to be in this political environment. But because we were congregated together, Mm-hmm. the other people in the event might perceive us a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we dapped up real quick, and then we separated, you know, started mingling. Um, that's unfortunate, you know, that we have that awareness that we may be perceived a certain way. Um, but then also for me to get used to it, I think it's troubling. Get used to it. Mm. Wow. I mean... I guess that's a question within itself and how we get used to certain things and how others don't have to get used to those exactly. things, right? Like, right. Don't have exactly. to get, and, I, and I take this quote even from a friend of mine <clears throat> where he was saying, and I said this to somebody, and it's, shock, it's, a, it's a huge shocker. Um, I said, hey, you know, I've had to live my life, and I had to learn about white people, right? I had to learn and live around them. And I said to this white person, I said, you never had to learn about surviving around me or learning me you just had to hey just grow up son and just work hard you just get whatever you need and want (laughs) it wasn't like that for me it was and at least my background my people come from louisiana right and they come from a place where it was segregated back then right so they're like hey man you know them white folks you know it's always that you know white folks they gonna you know they gonna try to and that kind of plays on you a little bit but you don't quite know especially when you're really young but as you get older and having to get used to this world, right? And getting used to it, right? And accepting it. It's it's sad that we're still even talking about this in 2021, that we're having to get used to something where we should be like, nah, man, we're established. We're going ahead. We're moving forward regardless of anything. Right. It's funny that you bring that. I think that's a whole topic within itself. And in addition to that, I, I have to admit as well, you know, if if I'm in a place where I'm the only and I happen to see another brother or sister you know it's kind of like we have that ingrained head nod yeah, no. you know <laughs> acknowledging one another do you know him <laughs> like, nah, i don't know <laughs> i and know him but i don't that's know my cousin yeah. and, and it's funny because you know my daughter's picked up on this like why do you always do that mm-hmm. and i think it's something that we've learned okay you know we acknowledge all right i see you you see me yeah we've kind of made it <laughs> you know and we have this communication between us mm-hmm. Acknowledging one another. Yeah. No, that's actually very valid. I think um, <clears throat> I think for me, going into these spaces, being the only sometimes is dealing with the black questions. Like, um, mm. <clears throat> like yeah. when you're the only one, 
You know, you're, you're like, it's like Jeopardy sometimes. It's like you walk into the room and all the white people are Alex Trebek. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they all have this $100 question, right? Hey, you know, you're here. Can I just ask you this question, right? And so it's like a lot of times I'm not, show up, I'm not showing up to answer your questions, right? I'm not showing up to validate how you feel. And so a lot of times when we go into spaces being the onlys, no matter what race you are, if you're a minority, you're validating your entire community. Everybody's asking you questions about your community, right? Um, I'm a computer engineer. I walk into rooms and they'll say stupid shit like, how did you get here and your people didn't? Like, those, oh, wow. are, those are ignorant ass wow. questions, right? And so um, it's a struggle being the only and trying to be at higher levels a lot of times because the ignorance that you run into from the people around you is staggering sometimes. Um, sometimes you don't even want to walk into those rooms and participate because you don't even want to deal with that moment, right? Right. I just actually want to come into the room sometimes and just be a person, not necessarily just be a black person, right? I just want to, guess what? I want to be like, yeah, I want to walk in a room and be a person, right? And so they have that luxury. A lot of times we don't have that luxury. The interesting thing about what Tony said with the head nod, the head nod goes back to slave days, right? We weren't allowed to talk while we were, doing the white man's work. So the only way we could acknowledge each other is with a head nod. A lot of stuff that we do, we don't even realize that it's ingrained in our DNA because of all of the oppression and suppression we've dealt with, right? And so a lot of our behaviors are deeply rooted in other things. So we do these things and we say, oh man, I don't even know why I do them. You actually are doing them because it's who we are, right? When we walk into a room and we see another person that looks like us, we kind of already know they've not been validated. So in the process of knowing that they've not been validated, we're taking the opportunity to validate each other, right? So that head nod is just not for you. That head nod is for me too, right? Mm -hmm. Allowing us both to know that, hey, I see you. I'm acknowledging both of us, right? Yeah. And so, like Tony said too, that is a very unfortunate situation. But what I will tell you is if I walk in the room and there's three of us, we got a basketball team and we run in the court, right? <laughs> I'm not breaking it up. I'm, I'm, I'm going through it. You're going to have to deal with us, right? You're going to have to get through all your uncomfortableness just like I got to get through all my uncomfortableness. And so I'm tired of and I'm past creating a space to make you comfortable that makes me uncomfortable to make you comfortable. So I'm just switching the table. So you got to be uncomfortable for a change, right? <clears throat> and if the presence of me and my boys make you uncomfortable, that's something you got to deal with. And then if you want to call me a squad, then, hey, bring your squad and let's see what we can do. <laughs> it's that simple for me. Well, for me, it's, it's dealing with corporate America and, and walking in a room and a lot of times being the only one there or being the one of two. And like you said, Tony, having to speak for the entire black community. It weighed on me a lot, you know, just because I felt like I had to claw and scratch to get there and then have to think before I speak of how I can, can explain to you about the black community on whatever the, the, the question was about, but from the perspective of making you feel comfortable, right. you know. Um, well, I don't see you as a threat, Dan. If you have to say you don't see me as a threat, you do see me as a threat. <laughs> you know, um, even, even now, being an entrepreneur is still the same. Where'd you go to school? How'd you get in this room? You know, how, how'd you become so knowledgeable? 
I mean, I learned and studied just like you, you know, but it's like that aspect of it isn't good enough because, again, let your perception of me walking in the door, I'm a threat. So to me, it's like being an only, it, it's, it's a lot that a lot of us deal with and we don't speak about it enough or we downplay it because mostly the people who don't get to where we're at, you know, they might think, oh, you're Uncle Tom or, so oh, you're... I'm going to just cut you off for a second. The reason we downplay it is because even in our own communities, we're only. Right. And our community don't get that, right? So they don't get the concept that we've worked as hard as we've worked to get where we are, to actually elevate our community by showing my face in that room, right? And then you work that hard to go be around your own people for them to treat you different too. So oh, yeah. this only concept is a two-way street, right? A lot of times us as professional black people who are trying to achieve, quote-unquote, the black excellence, it's a struggle because you got to deal with your own people and you got to deal with people who don't look like you, right? When you're dealing with people who don't look like you, you're always trying to, or they're always trying to make you prove why you're here, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then when you go back home, to just try to show your people what you've achieved and you want to do this, then they have this whole thing that, oh, you think oh, you, you better, better than me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yo, so you got your masters? Right. right. So you going to be my master new? <laughs> so, right. so it's like, so doing that in our community, how do we grow from there too, right? So it's like a lot of times we, we look at each other and we don't really look at each other and understand their real struggles and everything that we're doing, right? So it's like in order for me to be this black professional, I got to deal with it on both sides, right? I got to go into this room where I've worked really hard to be in this room where everybody don't think I should be in this room, right? And then I go back home to hang out with my people and they'd be like, oh, you're a bougie-ass nigga because you're doing that for a living. Right. So there's no balance in that a lot of times, right? And so this whole only thing is a very difficult journey. And I think some people, when they start seeing the journey, some people choose not to take it because they know they can't handle either side sometimes. And so... Um, this, this only thing is a real thing, right? And it's kind of why we created this to have those conversations. Right. I think, Daniel, you were you going to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. Daniel, you brought up something that uh, is something that I talk with a lot of brothers about, uh, professionals. I'm talking about VPs, CEOs, managers, directors, even a specialist all the way down who's on the floor, right? It's the, the validating question, right? Um, in any of our white listeners who are listening I want you to pick up on this and I want you to listen turn it up just a little bit more in your car or in your headphones right <laughs> when you ask a black person when you first meet them what do you do that's that is insult. one of the that's an insult and it's one of the biggest factors of just like this conversation is over you say that notice how the person of color starts to lean back a little bit more to say you know what Nah, I'm good, man. Like, I said enough. Because why do I have to tell you what I do for you to feel comfortable, right? And that happens so many times to us where it's just like, so, Daniel, nice to meet you. What do you do? And you're like, or where do you come from? Or where did you study? This is validating thing because I already fear you, right? I'm already scared of what you are. And you got a suit on, too. Mm -hmm. I'm already confused, <laughs> right? And so here we are saying, okay, in order to... And why do we, and this is another question, like, why do we have to make sure that they feel comfortable around us? We've been conditioned. To We've been conditioned, right? 
and I've and I've and I'm coming to this point in my life career journey, whatever you want to call it, where I'm just like I'm done. I'm done trying to help you feel comfortable in this space because you will not do the same thing for me because I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Trainings I do where I sit up and I ask a question and I'll say, I want you guys to tell me how your race and how your culture, excuse me, how your race has affected you in your career path. I pick a brother, I pick a Hispanic, there's any Asians in the room, Native Americans, whoever it is. They can tell me, and I say, man, just a minute, but you know how brothers do, right? So they start talking, like, man, let me tell you, man, what I was doing, right? So, yeah, and so I ask a white person, well, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm not talking about where you're from. Mm -hmm. How does your race affect you and how you actually move in rooms, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that's one of those things where, you know, what do you do? Who are you? Where you come from? It doesn't stick for them. And I tie that all the way back to what you said because it's it's just one of those things where it's just like, why? Why do I have to tell you that? Because I, I why do you do that to your white count? Do you do that to your white friends? They don't. They don't. They don't. Right? And so being as being a only, you're faced with those questions of validation as well. And you're validating yourself, even if you've been on a job for 15, 20, 30 plus years, you're still validating. You're still Letting people know why you're here. Why you qualify. Why you qual why you're qualified. That that brings me to another question for you guys. <clears throat> so, I mean, we're all established in our careers right now, but you know, let's let's just think back maybe 10, 15 years, maybe when you were starting off. Did you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Yeah. Because I, I mean I think this is all related. Because we So so when you say imposter syndrome. Break that down for the audience and me. So just imagine, you know, if you're just starting in your career and you walk into the same room that we're talking about mm-hmm. and you notice that you're an only for the first time, you're questioning, questioning yourself, should I be here? Am I qualified to be here? Am I an imposter? It's hmm, a very good question. Um, wow, that's a deep question because I think it's, I think it's just more than that, right? I think it's just more than corporate. I think that's I think that's a question that I think we have to ask ourselves all the time, to be honest with you. I don't care what you're walking into, right? Mm-hmm. It's like even if I'm going into a grocery store, not to be funny, I got to kind of be an imposter, right? Because if I just want to get in, get out, get my groceries, and don't feel like being fucking tracked the whole goddamn time, I got to be an imposter, right? My posture has to change, my walk has to change, my demeanor has to change. And so I think as an African-American male, because that's what I am, I can't speak for women, my whole life has been built around being an imposter. And that goes back to the comfortable conversation, right? Trying to make sure they feel comfortable, right? And so I have to tone me down so you can tone you up, right? And so I think that's a course of life that we've all had to walk for a very long time. So I think It's a great question, but I think imposter syndrome is just a part of what we have to do to survive on a day-to-day basis, but I can be wrong. You know, I look at this like (laughs) a lot of the older black generation to tell you you have to dumb it down. You got to dim your light. You got to, you know, sit in the corner and don't talk too much, right? That happens so much, and we've kind of been brought up with that a little bit whether it may be a grandfather, grandmother, auntie, uncle, whoever it is, and how that's affected us. And then we have this this, this moment where we're like, ah, oh, no, I don't need to do that. 
why am I sitting back? Why am I not saying anything? Why am I not sticking up for my people? If, if Tony's coming into work and I'm a person of whether it be a part of leadership or even just on the same level, and he comes in with Adidas shell toes and somebody's uncomfortable with it, why should I have to be like, hey, bro, just, you know, just, you know, we, like, we some slaves. Like, we said, you know, we got to close the door in the office. We got to talk in the corner and shit and talking cold. And, hey, them shoes are nice, but don't let them see you with them. You know what I mean? Right. right? Like, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think we've been conditioned. Yes. We've been taught that you should be. Just do enough because you got to pay your bills, right? And we still have that mentality. But if you ask any of these white kids, I've been watching this show called Your Honor on Showtime. Oh, and great show. Great show, right? Great show. But, I just, but I look at things beyond the story, and I look mm-hmm. at it beyond just the writing of it and what the whole thing is. But I'm thinking to myself, this kid is the father of a lawyer, is the son of a lawyer, right, who committed the issue. If you haven't checked it out, I'm going to spoil it for you on the podcast. But anyways, <laughs> he's going to school for, for, he's going to NYU for photography. That, to me, is just like, he never once was told to dim his light. He never thought to himself that, you know, photography ain't this. We had this conversation not too long ago where I was like, hey, man, I might want to be a cook or a chef or something. I was like, son, no, nah, man, you don't want to go to school to be no cook. I ain't sending you to school to be no cook. In our minds, it's like, <laughs> like hey, man, why you doing my light, bro? I might want to be out here and be like Chef Ramsey, right? Yeah. But they couldn't see that for us. They could see, well, you get that business degree, boy, you're going to be out there making that money. Not really, right? No. So... No. We, we get this, this false sense of like what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be when it's really not, it's none of that. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 really, it's really false, right? And I think it takes us time to have to realize and you have to be in those rooms. You have to have been in that career for a while to be like, you know what, nah, I'm, I'm running the show. I got it. I'm going to do this. And this is how they're going to have to get down with it, right? Um, but there's still sometimes that like, okay, I got a little too real on them, and now they're scared, right? <laughs> and I can't, I can't yeah. operate now, right? And so, and how they could end up putting the clamps on you. And I remember hearing this term in corporate America, man, watch out for that white boy squeeze, right? <laughs> when they try, that white boy squeeze, man, when they ask for them questions, they ask for certain things, and they try to squeeze you. Hey, how's it going? And did you need any help? And I was just wondering if there was ever, and I, it's, that, it's a squeeze, right? <laughs> and then I had a friend who called it a different term for black folks. <laughs> Saying nigga squeeze, right? Hey, man, where that work at, bro? Like, you know what I mean? So all in all, I think just being an only man in this, in this sense and in this environment, man, it's still a psychological game. It's, it is a game. It is. It is. It's chess, almost. And just a level of transparency for me. Um, I remember getting my degree in accounting, and I started off with the state as an auditor. And I would go to these accounting offices, these CPA offices, and I tried to imagine myself in those positions, mm. being a business owner. And, I, I mean, I have to admit, you know, I, I kind of questioned myself, am I an imposter here, you know? I have the degree, you know, I have the, the knowledge, but I psychologically couldn't necessarily see myself mm-hmm. in that position. I think maybe after a year, I started to realize that those folks were not smarter than me. Mm-hmm. A few of them were less than smart, if you, yeah. if you, if you like, really want to know. Yeah, right. Like, like <laughs> really? You yeah. know, you graduated? They were the cousin of the... Right. I mean, so, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I, I suffered from that imposter syndrome when I first got out of college. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after I 
was able to measure the perception of my skills versus their skills, I became more confident. Hmm. That makes sense. So I'm wondering, you know, is it part of our platform here to be that representation so that young man that's coming out of college or that young man who has a dream to do this or do that, he can potentially look at us and say, all right, I see a representation of that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to question my skill or my talent because I know that we can do this. Right. right. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I got – when it comes to that, who who are you most in competition with? Yourself, I think. Exactly. That's, that's just how I – I don't know. From where I'm – for where I am, I'm like – Yourself is your competition, right? Whether it's your self-esteem, whether it's everything about you, you have. I mean, you have to decide for yourself. This is what I want. It doesn't matter how good they are or how bad they are. It's not about them. It's about you. Focus on the goal. Grind hard. But here's another thing. This is this is this is one thing that I like about track. There's a lot of people off the field, right? It's not that they don't matter. Maybe they were the ones helping you get to where you need to be, but each of us has a lane. Once you get to that track, it doesn't matter typically who's who's first, who's last, but you're there, right? So you can't compare to what those other lanes are doing. You guys are all going towards the same place. You know what I'm saying? But they're not necessarily your competition. If you're in the head of the line, who, who are you looking for? Ain't <laughs> nobody there. It's just you. Now, if you're always in the back of the line and you're the person that's always trying to pick up slack, then I can say, okay, I'm worried about trying to catch those guys up there. But it, but if you are in your lane, you're in the competition, eventually you're going to get to where you want to go. You just have to stay the course. And the only competition really is you. Go ahead, DB. Uh, yeah, I know I'm you a, got some. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to disagree slightly yeah. with you. That might be true if the circumstances is a fair shake. Yeah. But it's, it's never, I mean, is it really ever fair? Are we going to give up because it's not fair? You're about to make my point. Ah, okay. <laughs> you still now, in the same way. Now lines. you're competing with the idea of what somebody else has for you, who's in position to allow you to move up. Those gatekeepers that we used to that we talk about all the time, you know, whether they're white, black, whatever. Sometimes management, if they don't see you in that position, you'll never get it. You might be qualified. Not with that company. Not with that company, you right? Could always jump but at the same time, it's a different. Now it's a different race. It's a different goal. Now you're starting over. See what I'm saying? So if it's a fair shake, yeah, that might be true. But if it's not a fair shake, which a lot of us run into and we don't really know, but you feel it. You get that. I'm going to use the black term, Martell, that nigga squeeze. (laughs) 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 No, you ain't going to make. No, you know what I'm saying? You know, because I mean, think about it, man. That's probably, I remember 20 20 years ago, um, just got with Citigroup, um, thinking, I was probably I was one of the best young prospects in their financial department. And I went out for I wanted to take a different route. Everybody was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go this route. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a lead, I'm gonna be a nah. I'm gonna take a different route, I'm gonna get in leadership real quick. Boom, boom, boom. White dude told me, um, 
you are too intelligent for this position. One, it's a dead-end position. But if you don't take that other route, you'll never make it to the top. And I was like, I don't want to do it because I know the people who they already have their favoritism. He was like, well, then you'll never make it to the top. And it wasn't that I was giving up. I just knew that that route was already taken. They had to ask kissers who was going to get those positions, you know. Um, and I had to leave in order to achieve. That's what I'm saying. So I had to change that race. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you said. You know. Yeah, essentially what I just said. Right. It is. Okay. But I'm just, so, but so I'm just I, I, got a, I got a question <laughs> on the back of that, right? So say everything that you just said, right? Mm-hmm. What if they don't actually have the skill or the, or, or the ability to really do what they're chasing? Then what do they do? Well, here's the thing. When you don't have that, you got to level up, right? You got to learn. But what if you don't understand? No, 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 no. Some things, some people are not qualified and capable to do. So I'm asking you again, if you're going down a path that you're not truly capable or qualified to do, Mm -hmm. then when do you change? I mean, it's it's tough for everybody. For me, I'm... I don't like the term giving up, right? If it's something that I want... So, so I never said give up. I'm going to keep going for it, right? So, 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 so you still, again, you're, you're missing what I'm saying. <laughs> there are a lot of people, I want to be in the NBA. <laughs> I ain't get that, right? So again, I'm saying it again, right? What if you're chasing something and you actually have not realized you do not have the talent or the skill set to actually do it? Then what do you do? Like the fifty, oh, yeah. the fifty-year-old rapper, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a whole rapper. Right, so, so he hasn't made it yet. Still got that mixtape. I, I agree with what you're saying, right? Man. But at the same time, what I don't want to create too is that I know I see a lot of people chasing dreams that they're not qualified for. I see a lot of people chasing paths that they're just not qualified for, right? And what I mean by that is that you're not even built to do the work. You don't even understand it yet, right? Other people may have told you. Now, you're not now built it's for this. Under, ability and understanding. Are they different? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because because listen. So so, so understanding. Hold on, hold on. So I, I already has to told you. Already told learning, you. right? No, no, hold me up. I already told you. You don't have ability, but did you understand me? Two different things, right? I already told you. You don't have the ability, but did you have the ability to understand that I told you you don't? There's a lot of people who go into lanes who are not willing to hear somebody tell them you're not really qualified or built for this lane, right? Same with me being a shooting instructor, right? I get people who come and want to shoot. I will see them and see their personality, how they move, how they do that. I know they're not built for this, right? I know they're not built for that lane. I mean, circumstances build people, right? So, I mean, if you, if you, think, it, if you think about it, say you wanted to do something, everybody you met told you you ain't good enough. Like, you ever see that story, Rudy? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, I don't have the, I don't have the mindset to where he wasn't like, good enough. But go ahead. I'm gonna give up because somebody told me I couldn't do something. So listen, somebody tell me I so can't do something. Rudy, it's you, gonna so make you me. Use Rudy. That's a white boy dream, right? I I'm just, now listen, every, a lot of people listen, know Rudy, but what I'm saying but ain't no is, black people I'm not gonna quit because someone's telling me I'm not qualified. Maybe out. That Rudy shit was sympathy, bro. No disrespect. We don't get that. That's sympathy. That's empathy. He he had heart. Nigga, no. that's empathy. That's <laughs> empathy. <laughs> listen, hey. hold up. I'm sorry, Jamie. Hey. So I'm like, I was just trying to hear. Not to be mean. Hold on. Hold on. Not to be mean, right? Hold on. Mean, right? So, like, even right now, right? Hold on. We got high schools that don't let kids who have special needs, right? Mm-hmm. Get on the team. That's empathy. 
somebody has empathy or sympathy for the moment, right? Because I watch it all day long. They let the one kid get on, make the shot. Ooh, we all feel better for our other. That's just what I'm going with, right? So what I'm saying is that... <laughs> no. Right, no. No, DB is DB, right, right. So it's like, when we look at these moments, bro, it's a lot deeper than what you're saying to me, right? It's like, there are other people in this path who... Who are, who are involved, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, no, he in deep thought. So, yeah, I need yeah, a bottle. He, he, oh, man, y'all don't burn. Y'all don't tip over the candle. Yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good. So, so that's all. I hear Thanks. you. I'm just mm. saying, right? It's like, sometimes, like, you know the kid ain't built for it, right? Do I just keep... Yeah, but that's sometimes. I mean, is no, that the majority I, of the people? Yeah, that bro, that's a thinking? lot of people who ain't built for shit, and we keep so telling them stuff. So what you going to tell them? Tell them. Just, I'm going to tell you the truth. No, no. You're going to be nothing. No, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you to do something else. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you figure out what you're really good at, right? Like we watch kids who aren't good at shit, and we just watch them do it, right? When you know they got another path that's better for them, right? And we'll be like, "Keep trying, Johnny. What's you're gonna make it. I'm a little Keep different. trying, Johnny. Johnny, is that a I'm a, I'm a that little. Way? I'm a little different. If I see that kid, and let's 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 take it to little league. I've been that coach where I'll I'll evaluate kids at the beginning of the season. And I see how they grow at the end of the season. And at the end of the season, I'm going to tell certain kids that I see that might have that they want to f- keep going. This is what you need to work on. If you, you want to take this path, you can, be, you can be just as good as them if you work on this. You know, giving them that, that guidance. But, like you said, sometimes, too, some kids ain't got it. Like, I mean, hey, bro. That's some kids. <laughs> but might, to use y'all's favorite person, Jordan, right? He, he had a little bit of school. You he go, had a little you, skills. You, 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 hey, but he got cut, right? Now. Didn't he get cut? And for him getting cut made him want that thing more, made him determine because somebody told him that he couldn't do it didn't mean that he couldn't do it. People forget At that time, but listen, he had some learning. He grew, too. But he grew, too, And he right? didn't want to give up. Listen, and he kept he, at he, it. He and grew. what happened that next year? No, listen, he what grew. What happened the next year? He grew four he inches. Grew. Yeah. He grew four inches. Besides the point. That, no. is, the point. that <laughs> is the point. That is the point. <laughs> I just told you the point. I just told you the story. I'm saying, just because he got cut didn't mean it was up in for him. I think, I think I think that's the exception and not the rule. Yeah, bro. Like, like, like right, first, so of all, hold on, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, this hey, dude give don't want to listen to MJ. Give up on MJ. I don't know why he brought up MJ. Give up on all the kids and just tell them there ain't going to be nothing, right? Wait, wait, but this is the same dude who just told us, what tapes you got? I got every single MJ. But you don't want his help, though. But you don't want his help. You know I said that. So that's all. I'm just like, I'm just trying to just keep it on both sides, right? I see a lot of kids who are chasing things that they're just not ready for. They're not built for, right? So, so, so you're saying not ready or not able to? Not built, it. not able, all of that. So let Martel, me close us let's, let's, let's turn this. Close us out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to so let you go. Originally, we, we were switch. talking about being the only. And so I think that there's, there's, there's relevance within this conversation that we just had where we was talking about, you know, kids and then people. And then grownups and then being the only, right? Daniel's talking about being a city group and saying, hey, man, it's not that I gave up. It's just that I needed to go somewhere else and do my thing and move the way I, I know I can move because I know I have these abilities. I think in that when you are the only, it is easy to give up in a way. It is easy to move on and, and make some moves some different type of ways, right? Um 
And in that, still, you always have to look at it as you're still going to be the only. If I apply for a position or a job anywhere else, I know I'm still going to be the only. I know I'm still going to have to deal with office politics, people politics, situations, issues, attitudes, personalities, the whole thing. I'm still going to get this look, right, this, this, that white male glare, right? That's what I call it. It's a white male glare where it's a look of like, I'm still trying to figure you out. And how did you get here again? Like, it's that look that you're still going to have to, even if you have an executive MBA, even if you have a, 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 a finance MBA or whatever it is. Hell, if you had a doctorate and a PhD, how? <laughs> Who? Really? Oh. You still have to go through it. And the way we look at things, whether you're giving up or whether you're, you're pushing more into it, I think it's just the way we have to move as a culture and as men, as black men, more than anything, is we have to make a move to a different organization because we know that that organization values us or somebody within that organization values us, right? You're sitting on an interview with an all-white female panel, an all-white male and female panel, or even a panel with one black person on it. Not enough. You're not enough. You're not feeling confident enough in you and in in that imposter syndrome. I was able to get the interview, but hell, they ain't, they they said no nah to me. You know what I mean? It might be it might be the, the cop from uh, Boys in the Hood. <laughs> exactly. Hey, my black girl. Hey. <laughs> but before we, before we transition, I just. I just remembered a comment, and you guys tell me if I'm remembering this correctly. Wasn't it Joe Biden who said that Barack Obama was clean and articulate? Yeah. <laughs> clean. That's clean and articulate. <laughs> 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 